Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. Amen. Jeremiah starts off in verse 31. He says, behold, pay attention. Watch this, because I'm about to say something important. The days are coming. God was saying to Jeremiah that what he is or where he is or right now is not all there is. The good stuff is often on the other side of the hard stuff. We kind of have to fight through the bad days to get to the better days. You kind of have to Go through it to what? Get to it. You know, I kind of define patience as as delaying what you want now for what you want most in the future. So he said, Jeremiah, again, right now is not all there is, says the Lord. We don't worship a God who created Let me just pause here. It says, says the what, Lord? Jeremiah was not written by an academic. It wasn't wasn't written from an ivory tower. This was not theological commentary that, you know, he just wanted to expand his his hermeneutic, if you will, and and he he just wanted to apply some some principles and maybe it would catch on with, with people. But... Littered throughout the Old Testament, we, we see this phrase, says Yahweh, says the Lord. Now back to my point. We don't worship a God who created the eye but cannot see. We don't worship a God who, who created touch but cannot feel. We don't worship a God who created the tongue but cannot speak. God has not lost his voice. And he'll still still speak through nature like he did with Moses at the burning bush. He will still speak through circumstances like Jonah in the fish. He still speaks through wise counsel like to Rehoboam, though he did not listen. And he still speaks through conscience like he did through Elijah on Horeb the still small voice, but mostly above every other way, he speaks to us most typically through the scriptures. Like Daniel, who wrote Daniel 9 because he had read Jeremiah. Some people get upset with me. Why are you always in the book? Why are you always preaching? There ain't nothing else to preach. You hear what I'm saying? And if your revelation is not coming from the word, I'm not interested in it. He said, behold, pay attention, watch this. Everything that's going to be is not yet. That was true with Jeremiah and it's true with us. The days are coming. There is a, a coming of the Lord. You hear what I'm saying? The days are coming, watch this, when I will make a new covenant. Now listen, 
Jesus one night didn't get bored and over a cup of wine with his disciples decide that, I, you know what, I'm going to come up with a New Testament. That, that Moses stuff's getting old, you know what? That, that Abraham stuff, you know, a little passe. That, that Noah stuff and that Edenic stuff, you know what? I think we need something new. No. On that night, Jesus mentions something that had been prophesied and studied in the Old Testament for over 600 years. God's people understood that a new day was coming. They understood that God would not always deal with them based on what he did at Sinai. He was about to choose another mount, pay attention. It would be the same God but a different relationship. Now, even today, many of us still relate to God based on Mount Sinai. But Jesus came so we can relate to God based on Golgotha, Mount Calvary. The days are coming. This is Jeremiah. Hadn't you heard about Jesus? This is a guy with curls going down his face, steeped in the law, probably a little box on his head, dressed in black. The days are coming when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not, pay attention, not, I'm going to disabuse you of any notion that's going to be like where we've been. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers. The new covenant would not only be new, but it would be unlike the previous covenants. And sometimes you gotta give up what has been to become what you wanna be. You see, I was my wife's boyfriend till she promoted me to husband. Pay attention to what I'm saying. I had to put away being a child before I could become a man. The, The Old Testament God is the same as the New Testament God. We just have a higher level of relationship because we come to God based on a different mountain, based on a different hill based on a different work, based on a different set of circumstances. Tell me I'm preaching good right here. Tell me I'm preaching good right here. In that day that I took them by the hand to lead them out, there's nothing, there's nothing, there's nothing that God will lead you into that he can't get you out of. Anybody, God, y'all gonna get me distracted and I'm gonna take up too much time. But I had a friend tell me, he said, you know what Exodus means? It means to exit. He said, it's my favorite book in the Bible. Because it's a whole book dedicated to showing us how God can take you out. Pay attention to what I'm trying to say this morning. 
in that day, I took them by the hand to lead them out. Even if God got to come down and personally take you by the hand, he will get you out. He'll get you through it if you let him. Out of the land of Pharaoh. 400 years of cycles and pain. 400 years of being less than. 400 years of struggle. But God came down, took them by the hand to get them out of the land of Egypt. He held my hand. He dried my tears and dared me to face my darkest fears. You see, it's the thing that, 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 that I insist on holding on to that I lose. But it's the things I place in God's hands that always turns into so much more. And you can hold God's hand even in Egypt. I don't care how fierce or how bad your Pharaoh is. If you would just trust his unchanging hand, take him by the hand and he will get you out. If you let him, 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 if you let him. Give me a few moments to unpack this. He said, my covenant. I mean, I set this up. We stayed broke. He's talking about Sinai. When you read Deuteronomy, you'll see that the Mosaic covenant was a conditional covenant between God and his people. Meaning if you do that, I'll do this. If you do this, I'll do that. Let's take a look at it lest you think I'm just talking. Deuteronomy 28 verse 1 through 2. Now it shall come to pass, if, condition, if, 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 you diligently obey, 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 obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe all, not just a few. That's why I don't understand folks under the law today. They following five laws thinking that, you know, they, they, there's 610. And the law was like glass. You don't break a piece of it. If you brace the, the smallest part, the whole pain is broken. So I, I don't understand some of the weirdness going on with people. And they, they got six of their, their favorite laws and, and think that, that, that based on them observing that law, they're going to have a relationship with God. You ain't read your Bible. And even those who could read Hebrew, even those who God spoke to in their vernacular could not keep all of the law. So how are you from Southeast? How are you from, from Woodbridge? Anyway, 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 sorry, sorry, sorry. So, To observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, was a suggestion, is the commandments. 
that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. This covenant, again, was based on Israel's obedience. The problem is humans don't listen. The problem is people don't obey. And that was the whole point of the Mosaic law. God had to show his people that they don't measure up. Based on your merit, you can't step to me. You're gonna have to kill something. They're gonna have to be sacrificed. You gotta understand who I am holy. And beside me, there's none other. You can't just step to me. Like you, 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 you just step into, you know, uh, Fred over there. So he wanted to show the people how desperately they needed a savior. So they'd have to kill all these animals to be reminded that a sacrifice had to be made, a debt had to be paid that they couldn't owe. I mean, they couldn't pay. So every time a lamb died, a bull died, it was a reminder, y'all ain't keeping it. And it happened, had to happen annually to remind people of their sin. And my Bible says, for all have sinned. That means it happens in the suburbs, in the city. It happens with the rich. It happens with the poor. All have sinned and have fallen short. Let me tell you something, if you trying to jump over a cliff, you miss it by an inch, you're dead. And you might get further than me. You might be better than me, but you miss it. We all need a bridge over trouble. Well, pay attention to what I said. We all need a savior. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of our God. So don't you dare try to step to him because you observed three commandments this week. Some of us may sin more respectably than others. Y'all pulling on something right now. But who wants to be the best sinner to go to hell? Pay attention to what I'm saying. The law condemns the best of us. <laughs> but God's grace will save the worst of us. We have a better covenant, a better testament. We come to a different mountain. Jeremiah 31, 31. 600 years before the Last Supper, just what Jeremiah said. He said, the days are coming, folks, when I'll make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with the fathers, but this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days. Now, we started this series saying, to understand communion, we must first understand covenant. Why? Because Jesus is not Baptist, Episcopal, Presbyterian. Jesus is not even from this century. He's from a different time, a different space, and he was Jewish. 
And what we do is we kind of impose what we do now on what he did then. But I want you to listen to what Jesus says. He took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new, in case you get a little bit hungry in the middle of one of my services and need a snack. I'm providing no. This cup is the new covenant. Covenant, covenant, covenant. What we call communion, Jesus called binding. Irrevocable, unchangeable, irreversible. It was a no matter what happens, covenant. This cup, it's not even, we can think today of a contract, but I've been in enough contracts, you get a good enough lawyer, you hear what I'm saying? This was something even stronger than a contract, as we have been studying. This is something that you participated in oaths, meaning if you, if you violate the terms of this covenant, may the gods curse you. You know, may, may, not only may I watch you and you watch me, but may God watch between the two. That's covenant. This is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for, pay attention, you. Which was shed for who? You. Meaning, Jesus didn't need a new covenant with God. We did. Jesus didn't have to die because he sinned. He died for our sins. The ninth element of the ancient covenant that we're going to, is not, I didn't go in any special order, but we're going to cover the ninth very, very quickly. And Jesus just spoke it. Was the selecting of a covenant representative a person that was chosen to represent the larger group. So if my tribe wanted to get in the covenant with Tim's tribe, and here's why people got in the covenant. Let's say my tribe was really good at fishing, but his tribe was really, really good at agricultural. What I want to do is connect with somebody, pay attention, that can help me in my weakness. See, you, you, you get religious when you read Bible verses, when I'm weak, you are strong. But when you understand covenant, verses like that take on a whole different flavor. You see, the reason I got into the covenant of marriage with my wife is because she got something different than me. She could produce things I can't produce. She brought to the table things I can't bring to the table. You understand what I'm saying? And it was the difference. And it was the fact she's strong in places I'm weak. But pay attention, I'm strong in places she's weak. And together we became strong enough to raise a family. And if two agree on earth is touching anything, it shall be done by thy father which art in heaven. There are covenants to be had on the earth still. I can't do everything. I don't have to be good at everything. But if I'm in relationship with you, I'm going to be okay. 
I'm gonna be okay. I'm gonna be okay. I'm gonna be okay. He said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you, dude, this for you. I'm representing you on the cross. Adam couldn't do it. As great as Moses was, he couldn't do it. He died on Mount Nebo. David couldn't do it. Daniel couldn't do it. Job couldn't do it. But behold, the Lamb of God able to open the seal of the book. Pay attention. So, C.S. Lewis said it best. He said, so the Son of God had to become a man to enable men to become the sons of God. This cup, this cup we're going to take and we're going to receive. Get ready, those of you live streaming. Is the new covenant not signed in ink but blood, which is shed for you. Now, we've already covered Nine features of an ancient covenant. Let's review. Number one, there had to be two or more covenant parties. Number two, there had to be covenant promises. Number three, there had to be covenant sacrifice or a covenant sacrifice and often plurals, more than one animal often. Often there was oaths or or the blessings and the curses that uh, were released during the covenant. There was the walk of blood, and we covered all of these. The exchange of gifts, we talked about David last week and Jonathan. The exchange of names, the covenant witnesses, and we talked about well, when you read in the Bible that, that the Spirit of God bears witness with our spirit, you, you need to understand that's covenant language. He was a witness to Calvary. He watched as the Father offered the Son. And he lives and he testifies with us today that it happened and its results are real, but let's move on. Then number nine, there's the selecting of the covenant representative. But I want to spend the the rest of the morning unpacking this last piece, which is the covenant meal. Typically, right after the covenant was cut, there would be a meal. And many times that meal consisted of bread and wine. Matter of fact, the bread and wine was so important and such such powerful imagery. Without blood being shed, we studied this just last week. It was in passing, though. Melchizedek came to Abraham with just blood and wine. And everybody understood what was happening and what was being said. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread. The challenge for us is we eat loaf bread. As I get older, I've learned to eat wheat bread with the little seeds falling out. I mean. (laughs) But at that table, this is Passover week, and there was no yeast in the house. They use unleavened bread or matzah bread. Similar to saltines, but no salt. And for centuries, the Jewish people had participated in Passover and and ate the unleavened bread. 
but they would not understand or really see its complete fulfillment until that night. You see, the bread was striped. You see those stripes going down the bread. Because Jesus would bear stripes on his back when the soldiers beat him. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.